Today we continue our study from the book of James, and uh, you recall as we have been looking through this book that its purpose is that we might mature as believers. James' focus is that believers might grow up in their faith. Now today we've come to a passage of Scripture where it is believed by some that there is a conflict between the Apostle Paul and James regarding salvation. For instance, the Apostle Paul emphasized grace. James emphasizes works. As a matter of fact, James so emphasized the place of works in salvation that Martin Luther believed this book should not be included in the Bible. Actually, there is no conflict. They are looking at the same coin. They are just looking from different sides. When Paul is speaking about grace, he is looking at the root of salvation. For by grace are you saved through faith. So Paul is saying, how is one saved? One is saved when they put their faith in Jesus Christ and then they receive God's grace. They become a Christian. So Paul, then, is emphasizing the root of salvation. James is emphasizing the fruit of salvation. James is saying that if one is a believer, if one truly has been saved, then there should be some evidence, there should be some fruit. George Gallup said that over 50 million Americans say they are born again. The question James would ask is this. Is there any evidence that you have been born again? Is there any confirmation that you truly have become a child of God? So that's what we're going to look at today. Take your Bibles, turn with me to James chapter 2. We'll pick up on verse 14 where we left off last week. What use is it, my brethren, if a man says he has faith but he has no works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed, and be filled, and yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body, what use is that? Even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead, being by itself. But someone may well say, You have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without the works. And I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one? You do well. The demons also believe and shudder. But are you willing to recognize, you foolish fellow, that faith without works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up Isaac his son on the altar? You see that faith was working with his works, and as a result of the works, faith was perfected. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, And Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. And in the same way was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. Now then, in this passage of Scripture, James speaks about three different kinds of faith. First of all, he speaks about a faith 
and no works. In verse number 17, he said, Even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead, being by itself. So James here is talking about someone who says that he or she is a believer, that he or she is a Christian, but there is no confirmation. There are no works concerning this person. And James says where there is no works, then faith oftentimes is simply empty words. In verse number 14, what use is it, my brethren, if a man says he has faith, but he has no works? James says that if our faith is not completed with works, then it is simply empty words. Titus chapter 1, verse 16, Paul wrote, They profess to know God, but by their deeds they deny Him, being detestable and disobedient and worthless for any good deed. In other words, James is saying that in this instant, words become a substitute for works. Rather than working for compassion, out of compassion, words are all we have. Matthew chapter 9, verses 36 to 38, and seeing the multitudes, Jesus felt compassion for them. Then he said to the disciples, Beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. Folks, words of compassion are not enough. Words of compassion are good, but they must be accompanied with deeds. And that's the reason that I am so proud of some of you, because you have words of compassion. You speak about your concern for those who are needy, but it does not stop there. You also do the works of compassion. So words in this faith, James says, become a substitute for work. Words become a substitute for ministry. We see that in the story of the Good Samaritan, and you know that story well. Man was attacked. He was left alongside the road, beaten up, left for dead, robbed. The Bible says that a Levite came by and saw him there. The Levite was a man of words, but he offered no ministry to him. And then a priest came by. He saw the man there. The priest also is a man of words, but he offered him no assistance no ministry. And then the Bible says the Samaritan came by and ministered to the people. So James asked a question in verse 14. What use is it, my brethren, if a man says he has faith, but he has no works? Here's the question. Can that faith save him? Can that kind of faith that has no works save him? Now, he answers the question. Verse number 17, even so faith, if it has no works, is dead, being by itself. Verse number 20, but are you willing to recognize, you foolish fellow, that faith without works is useless? Verse 26, for just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. So James then is saying that when there are no works, then it is simply a faith of words. He says it can also be a faith of feelings, that I have religious or spiritual feelings, but no works. We saw that when we were studying Matthew chapter 13 and the parables there. 
in verses 21 and 20 of uh, Matthew 13, and the one on whom seed was sown on the rocky places, this is the man who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Now, there are the feelings. He hears the word of God. He receives it with joy. There are the feelings. Yet he has no firm root in himself, but is only temporary. And when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he falls away. Feelings are there, but there are no works. I remember in my last church, I'd gone to my barber to get a haircut. He was a member of the Nazarene Church. And we were talking about the place of grace and works and so forth. And he said, you know, it's not how loud you shout. It's not how high you jump. It's how straight you walk when you hit the ground that matters. Well, that essentially is what James is saying there. Folks, we can have spiritual feelings. We can have religious feelings. But the question is, is there the evidence of works? There are some people who have feelings of compassion, but there is no ministry. In 1 John chapter 3, verses 17 and 18, But whoever has the world's goods and beholds his brother in need and closes his heart against him, how does the love of God abide in him? Little children, let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and truth. So as James talks about Faith where there is no works, he says that it is merely words. It can be a religious or spiritual feeling, or it can be religious thinking. The truth is, there are some people who are more concerned about doctrine than doing. Now, I'm not talking about essential doctrines, but I'm talking about those interpretive areas. They are more committed to those doctrines than they are to doing. Barclay wrote, The man of thought will sit in his study thinking great thoughts. A man of action will be out in the world doing great deeds. The thinker is only half a man unless he turns his thoughts into deeds. You see, oftentimes we think about the importance of prayer and the privilege of prayer, but we don't pray. Oftentimes we think about the importance of witnessing, And the opportunity we have to tell others about Jesus, we discuss it, we think about it, but we don't witness. We talk about the importance and we think about the importance of giving, but we don't give. We talk about how important it is to love, we think about love, and then we don't love. So James says, faith without works does not save. That's what he says. So there's the first kind of faith, the faith that produces no works. James says it's dead. Now, the second kind of faith that he talks about is the faith of demons in verse number 19. You believe that God is one, you do well. The demons also believe and shudder. Now, I can assure you that this statement shocked James' early readers, just as they shock us, to think that demons have faith. The truth is, demons are perhaps more orthodox in their beliefs than some theologians are. They believe in God's existence. When we talk about demons, they are not atheists. I remember when uh, years ago when the Russian cosmonaut went into outer space, and when he came back to Earth, he said, I looked around everywhere for God didn't see him, therefore there's no God. The demons are not that foolish. They are not atheists. They are not agnostic. They they are not struggling 
as to whether or not there is a God. They believe in his existence. As a matter of fact, the demons believe in the deity of Christ. The Scripture says in Mark 3.11, And whenever the unclean spirits beheld him, they would fall down before him and cry out, saying, You are the Son of God. Isn't that interesting? There are some theologians who doubt the existence of God. They deny the deity of Christ, but not the demons. They believe in His existence. They believe in His deity. They are even emotional in verse number 19 again. You believe that God is one. You do well. The demons also believe and shudder. But the faith of demons is rejected. This kind of faith, James says, is rejected. Now, they believe in the existence of God. They believe in the deity of Christ. But their faith is rejected. Why? Because it does not change lives. Folks, you can intellectually believe in the existence of God. You can intellectually believe in the deity of Christ without it changing your life. If it is simply an intellectual exercise. I remember some time back when uh, Larry Flint, the publisher of Hustler magazine. Of course, there's nobody here who would know who that is. And that's the reason that I told you. Because one of the deacons told me earlier who he was. I didn't know either. But Larry Flint, the publisher of Hustler magazine some years ago, said that he had gotten saved. Well, there was no change. He still publishes Hustler magazine. So the reason that this kind of faith that is simply intellectual is rejected is because there is no change of life. Now, folks, if your faith does not change your life, it will not change your destiny. If the faith you profess in Christ does not change your life, it will not change where you spend eternity. So James here says, all right, there are three kinds of faith. There is the faith without works. He says, that's dead. That won't get you anywhere. He said, there is the faith of demons. And he says, that's not acceptable either. But then thirdly, there is the faith that works. Now, faith without works is intellectual. It believes the right things. But it has no works. There is no demonstration. There is no confirmation. There is no evidence. And James says that it's dead. Believe the right things, but do not do the right things. Then he talks about the faith of demons. Now, the demons believe right. They believe in the existence of God. They believe in the deity of Christ. They believe right. They feel right. They tremble. When they think of God, they tremble. They shudder. When they think of God. But the faith of demons does not take one to heaven. And that's what James is saying. There are three kinds of faith here. Faith without works, it's dead. Faith of the demons, it's unacceptable. And then there is a faith that works. Now that's what I want us to look at now. A faith that makes a difference. It is intellectual. It believes right because it believes the Word of God. It is centered on the Word of God. The Bible says in Romans 10:17, so faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. All right. So a faith that works, a real faith, the faith that James is talking about here is intellectual because it is centered in the word of God. It is emotional. You'll notice in verse number number eight. 
If, however, you are fulfilling the royal law according to the Scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well. So working faith then has this proper emotional response. It feels compassion for other people. The Bible says in Matthew 14, And when he went ashore, he saw a great multitude and felt compassion for them and healed their sick. Folks, a faith that does not feel for other people when they have needs is not worth having. A faith that does not stir your heart for people who have needs is no faith at all. And then it is spiritual because it regenerates the person. All right, now, what James does, he talks about this faith that works. It is intellectual, it is emotional, and it is spiritual. Then he gives us three examples in verse number 18. But someone may well say, you, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without the works and I will show you my faith by my works. And so now what he does is that I'm going to show you three examples here of what this faith is. First of all, there is Abraham. And we see his salvation in verse number 23. The Scripture was fulfilled which says, And Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. The word reckoned is a financial word. It means to put to one's account. So what it means is, is that Abraham put his faith in God, and the righteousness of Jesus was transferred to his account. Now, that's what happens when we put our faith in Christ. His righteousness is reckoned to us. I am not righteous on my own. But as a believer, the righteousness of Jesus is reckoned to my account. It is put in my account. Now, as a result of that, there was obedience. Look at verse number 21. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up Isaac, his son, on the altar? You see that faith was working with his works, and as a result of the works, faith was perfected. So he is saying that Abraham believed God, the righteousness of God was transferred to his account. That resulted in him being obedient to God. He was willing to offer his son Isaac as a sacrifice. Someone said, Abraham was not saved by faith plus works, but by a faith that works. So, the Scripture says that that Abraham believed in God. The righteousness of God was transferred now to his account, and he is counted as righteous. Abraham. Second example is Rahab. Verse number 25. And in the same way was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? Now, you perhaps know the story of Rahab. I love the story of Rahab because she was, um, she, she was a harlot in Jericho. And when the spies came there, she decided to hide them because of her faith. Now, her faith was intellectual. Joshua chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. Now, before they lay down, speaking of the spies, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know. Now, here's what she knew. This is the intellectual. She knew these things. I know that the Lord has given the land and that the terror of you has fallen on us and that all the inhabitants of the land have melted away before you. 
For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the king of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. Now, these were things that she knew. So her faith then was an intellectual faith. She knew these things. It was also emotional. It continues in Joshua 2.11. And when we heard it, our hearts melted and no courage remained in any man any longer because of you. So there were some things that she knew. There were some things that she felt. And then it was spiritual because it transformed her life. In Joshua 2.11b, For the Lord your God, He is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. So whenever we look at Rahab, this harlot, she knew some things. We, I know this. She felt some things. She said, our hearts melted. And her life was transformed by her faith. You know what happened to her? This is the reason I love the story about Rahab. Here is a woman who was a harlot. You know where you find her next? How about in the family tree of Jesus? In Matthew chapter 1, verse number 5, And to Salmon was born Boaz by Rahab. I mean, her life was changed. So James says, here's another example for you. There's Abraham. He believed in God and the righteousness of God was Reckon to him. What about Rahab? Then he gives a third example. Verse number 26. For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. So the third example is one's body. Now you might say, well, you know, I really don't identify with Abraham. I don't identify with Rahab. But we identify with the body because we got one. Now what does he say here? The one thing we know is that when there is no spirit in the body, what is it? It's dead. Some years ago I was in Russia and we went to Lenin's tomb. It's a it's the strangest thing. If you've ever been to Lenin's tomb, you maybe you had the same feeling. You go in there and it's dark. And then there is this um plexiglass, I guess I don't know what it is, some kind of glass. And it's lit up, and Lennon's body is lying there. Now, our college students are over there now. They're over there on this mission trip, and I would imagine that they'll have the opportunity to go into Lennon's tomb. I doubt seriously that he's moved since I was there. Because he's dead. I mean, here's his body. His body has been preserved all these years at an enormous cost, but he's dead. When there is no spirit in the body, it is dead. What he is saying here is that without works, our faith is what? It is dead. In Matthew chapter 15, verse 8, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far away from me. So a faith that works is intellectual. There are some things that you know. You've heard the Word of God. Oftentimes there is an emotional response to that, and then it is spiritual. So let me conclude real quickly here. Three faiths mentioned by James. One will get you to heaven. So you need to examine your faith. How can we have a faith that works? Well, first of all, we have to deal with sin. 
To have a faith that works, we have to deal with sin. And that means that I admit my sin and I repent of my sin. I know that I'm a sinner and I repent of my sin. I, I read about a young girl who, was, who had presented herself for church membership in a church, and she was being examined by the, the membership committee, and they asked her if she had become a Christian. She said that she had. And then they asked her a question, well, have you sinned since becoming a Christian? And she said that she had. And they said, well, did you sin before you were a Christian? She said, yes. They said, well, if you sin before you were a Christian and you sin after you were a Christian, then what's the difference? She thought for a moment. She said, well, before I was a Christian, I ran to sin. Now that I am a Christian, I run from sin. That's what repentance is. It doesn't mean that we are sinless, but it does mean we sin less. It does mean that we cannot sin successfully if we are a believer. So we first of all have to deal with our sin and then put our faith in God. Now, folks, when we're talking about having faith in Jesus, it is more than intellectual assent. It is more than the faith of the demons. It means that I trust him, that I trust him to do what he said he would do, that I trust him to save me, that I trust him for his righteousness. And when we do that, then there is evidence if it is real. If our faith is real, there is evidence. And that's what James is saying in this passage of Scripture. See, there's evidence that I'm married. And she's seated over there. There's evidence that I have children. I have a son and a daughter. There's evidence that I am a grandfather. I have five grandchildren. All right? If we have been born again, there is evidence. That's what James is saying. There is evidence. What is it? Lives are changed. If a man is in Christ, he is a what? He is a new creation. That's what Paul says. If a man is in Christ, he is a new person. We become witnesses because we want others to know about Jesus. We are loving. John says, and this is love that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment, just as you've heard from the beginning, that you should walk in it. So let me conclude with this verse from the psalmist. Search me, O Lord, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Now, what about your faith? Is it a faith, but there are no works, no evidence? James says it's dead. Is it the faith of demons? You believe the right things, you feel the right things, but your life has not been changed. Or is it a faith that works? You believe right. You have trusted Jesus for salvation, and there is evidence that you are a child of God. James is saying, make sure that you have a faith that is real. Some people ask sometimes, you know, about a Baptist faith. Folks, there's no Baptist faith. There's no Baptist way to get to heaven. It is Jesus. He is the only way of getting to heaven. That's it. Do you know him? Our Father, I pray today that, that you might examine our hearts and show us what you see. and Lord, that we'll be honest as we look to judge our faith and see if it's real. And I pray, Father, for anyone who examines their faith and says it is, it's not real, that today you would draw them to the Savior that they might be saved. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, as you look up here for just a moment... My friend, if you are here today and you look at your faith and you conclude, I really don't know the Lord. I'm a good person. I'm a moral person. I believe right things. 
But I've never been regenerated. Today, would you come and trust Christ? We'll have staff here to pray with you and talk with you. Would you come to receive Him? There's some of you, perhaps the Lord speaking to you about joining our church. We'd love to have you. I just trust that you'll be obedient to the Lord. Stand with me as the choir sings. You come. I'll greet you as you do.